If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell me who your type 1 kid is and how old they are and how long they've had diabetes? Excellent. So my name is Michelle. My daughter, Alexa, who is now 11, was diagnosed when she was three and a half. So we're going into our ninth year almost. A long time. Yeah. Okay. And you're also hitting those teen years. Oh, yes. (laughs) What can I help you with today, Michelle? What's bringing you here? So I think one of the things that I know myself and others who have spoken with face is that there's just a lack of education out there versus type one diabetes and type two diabetes. And so I get asked all the time about diabetes from a type two perspective. And so parents or just strangers we see on the street ask a lot of times, um, what type of uh, equipment that she's wearing or ask me questions if she can eat candy. So I thought today we could just talk about, you know, some of those questions and how to address them. Right. Is there a particular one that's bugging you that you want to start with? Yeah. So I, you know, I think the biggest one is the idea that children with diabetes, type one diabetes can't eat the same way mm-hmm. as any regular kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that to me is the biggest challenge that I see, because obviously there's just a lack of understanding that their pancreas is not working and we just have to give insulin Mm -hmm. to counteract the foods that they're eating. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the biggest one that they don't understand that a, it wasn't caused by eating bad and Mm -hmm. two, um, that yes, we can eat just like anybody else can eat. Mm -hmm. So do me a favor, Michelle, give me a scenario that's particularly like stuck in your craw where you're like, okay, this really irritated me uh, because I'm curious what situation it is and what you did. Yeah. So I can think of one right off the top of my head really fast. And it just happened again. It's Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have a lot of parents will say, oh gosh, I think, you know, I'm, I feel bad. Halloween's coming. Is that stressful for you? And yes, it can be stressful because you're you're eating a lot of candy and sometimes you don't always get the carb counting correct mm-hmm. um, because you don't see sometimes what, what your child's eating. But it's not stressful from a standpoint that they can't have candy. Mm-hmm. So that one comes up quite often. Um, I remember when she was little and, and Alexa would go to play dates and parents would say, oh, is there, you know, can she not have sugar? And I got to the point where I had to say, yes, she can have sugar. In fact, we give her sugar sometimes in the middle of the night to save her life. Um, And and I go to that drastic measure because I want to make sure that people understand this is not something that happened to her because she ate too much sugar. Mm -hmm. 
is mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease. And I think that's the bigger issue that if we didn't call it diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, parents would understand or, or people would understand it more, not just parents, teachers, um, the general public. If we just said my daughter had an autoimmune disease where her pancreas doesn't work, I don't think the question of food would ever come into play. Mm-hmm. Well, or at least people wouldn't be conflating it with type two. I mean, I think Correct. that's really the issue you're talking about. I mean, sure, the issue of food is going to come into play because, you know, our kids eat and they need insulin. So people are concerned about it. But what I think you're talking about is um, all the ideas that people have about what they're allowed and not allowed to eat based on type 2 diabetes and also, frankly, about how type 1 used to be managed, right? Because. Correct it didn't used to be managed where there was so much eating flexibility because people were on this old insulin called NPH, which peaked at certain times, like eating was way more rigid with type one. So it's, it's sort of like in this moment, this is the way it looks. And it's really different than the way it used to look. Absolutely. And especially because type two diabetics uh, sometimes haven't eaten very well. And that has caused diabetes. So I understand where people come from. Um, it's just frustrating and not just for myself as the caregiver, but for my daughter, I mean, mm-hmm. she, she gets asked quite often mm-hmm. from teachers and aides and, um, friends, um, are you able to eat candy or junk or sugar, or can you have this? Can you have that? It's always in question. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what I'm hearing that makes a lot of sense to me is that you are keep being put in a position and your daughter keeps being put in a position where you have to be an advocate and an educator of people. And sometimes my guess is you get irritated by that and you don't want to trot out all your patient education, right? You want people to stop asking. I mean, that's the fantasy that they would just know and stop saying all these stupid things about like what your daughter is and is not allowed to do. Am I getting this right? Absolutely. And I know it comes from a good place. People are concerned, especially if somebody's she's going to somebody's house, they want to make sure they're taking care of her properly. Mm-hmm. And if I could just remember, it comes from a good place, but it's so constant um, that people don't understand the disease. They don't understand how it happened and they don't understand what occurs with Alexa. They think, oh, we just give her insulin and, and it's you're done. It's like taking medicine. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. I think people don't get the 24-7 chronic illness mm-hmm. component. Um, I feel like if Alexa said she had cancer, God forbid, mm-hmm. um, there would be a little bit more understanding or more mm-hmm. sympathy. Not that we're looking for sympathy, mm-hmm. but this is such a difficult disease that gets confused with the disease that at times people cause themselves. I'm not saying it's not genetic or you know, type two, but there's, there's a lot of negative connotation around diabetes. Yep. Um, you didn't exercise enough or you ate too much food. And so I think people, when they, when it lands on them that she has diabetes, the first thing that they think of is maybe she wasn't healthy mm-hmm. and at three years old, um, she was eating very healthy. Mm-hmm. Still is. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 you know, we try to keep a healthy household just like everybody, but yes, um, it is a constant conversation that my daughter doesn't want to always give. And yeah. she's 
frustrated. I'll do whatever she needs to keep her okay mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally. But she is asked all the time, what can she eat? What are her devices? Um, you know, people see, and thankfully she's she wears them and she's she's okay with wearing her life-saving devices. But we've been asked, is her Dexcom, is that a tracker for me to find out where she is? Um, I've been asked. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. I said, yes, at, at three years old, I've put a medical device on her or a device on her to track her. Her. Um, we've, we've been asked, um, oh my gosh, so much. Um, you know, getting back to, I'm sorry, not, not to jump around, but getting back to what I was just saying about the education, you know, she has to tell everybody um, what her devices are. Yes, she can eat. No, it wasn't caused by mm -hmm. um, diet and exercise. Like there's just, several layers to what people see and wonder about. Um, but truly what they don't see is even more frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when there's flu season going around, we know that, you know, type one diabetics get more, their sickness is much more involved, if you will, yes. than let's just say the general population when there's a stomach virus around, my insides are cringing mm -hmm. um, because we know that that can be very serious and yeah. could potentially wind up in the hospital. Um, I think that the level of anxiety over a low blood sugar and a high blood sugar um, for a parent, for a child to deal with constantly is exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, people don't always see the yeah. background as no one would, unless you're dealing with it. Yeah. So I, I think that we spent a lot of time just trying to educate people. That's exhausting um, to try to make people understand what her disease is, how to care for her. I know a lot of people that, and I understand um, that don't really want to have her over for a sleepover because it's, it's a lot, mm -hmm. um, you know, which, you know, I totally get it's, you know, taking care of somebody and keeping them alive and acting as their, their pancreas is, it's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. So Michelle, sadly, I don't think there's magic answers here, right? I think what you're describing is, so you're, what is it? Nine years into this? Is that what you had said? Yes. Yeah. So you're settling into a place where you know how to manage it day to day and what you're grappling with now, I, I almost feel like this is a developmental curve as a parent of a type one kid, mm -hmm. right? Is like that there's a way that people are never going to understand. And there's a way that this is going to continue to be lonely, right? Because mm -hmm. people, I mean, I remember a parent saying to me, oh, you're still dealing with that diabetes. Yes. I yeah. I, I still am actually. Yes. Um, and sometimes I have the bandwidth to explain things. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes people have said things to me where I literally, this is not something I'm particularly proud of, but there are people who have said things to me where I'm like, I'm never talking to that person again, right. right? Like the level of lack of empathy and lack of compassion was so high that I'm like, nope, not you. Like, I'll be nice, but I, I don't want you in my life. Yeah, so, right. But that, that's, that's at me at my worst and me at my best or me at my strongest and sturdiest, maybe it's not best is, is saying like, let me explain this to you actually. Right. And there's a whole range in between. 
So unfortunately, as Alexa gets older, people are going to level the questions more at her. And so it's good to have quick answers to some of these things, right? Like this is technology for my type one diabetes is enough, right? Or mm -hmm. of course, all type ones can eat anything they want. We just cover with insulin enough, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're off. But the idea that you're talking about, Michelle, that's so poignant, which is um, nobody sees. That's true. Nobody sees. And people have to be really in close or have a child who also has type one to really understand what it is you're going through. Right. And that's Absolutely. true for Alexa too. Right. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. And that's really painful for, for her and for you. That's painful. And stressful. It's, it causes so much frustration and there's so much frustration in this disease. Cause as you know, we could do everything right. And it just rains one day or something mm -hmm. happens that you, is unexpected and it changes everything and, and it affects her, her blood sugar numbers. I just thought of something that is probably the most frustrating. And if you have any advice on this, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, things probably are, are so much better now. We probably have her sugars mm. leveled or whatever mm -hmm. the expression mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest <laughs> one. Well, everything's good, right? Everything's, you know, how's she doing? Good. You know how everything works now, right? Mm -hmm. So it once again, I think this depends a little bit on your bandwidth, on your personal bandwidth in the moment, right? It is fine, totally fine for you to say, I think you don't understand how complicated this is. It's not that easy, right? Like you get to say that if you want. You mm -hmm. also get to say something like, I'm so glad you asked. If you really want a robust and full answer to that question, I'm happy to provide it. But it's actually not as easy as that, right? But you can check in. Like, are you asking for real? But a lot of people are asking from a place of their own discomfort. Right. Like, tell me everything's okay because I don't want to hear that things aren't okay. Right. And so you can feel that out a little bit and, and see, like, are you asking for real? Cause if you're asking for real, I want to tell you what it's like to live with this, but otherwise you can say something like, um, actually it continues to be very challenging. Thanks for checking in and just leave it there. Right. I love but I, I don't think that you need to candy coat it. You don't need to say like, oh yeah, it's all fine. Right. You don't need to say that. I guess I struggle between sounding like a complainer because if they don't know, mm -hmm. I don't want to come off as wah, wah, poor mm -hmm. us, you know, we're, we're struggling. Mm -hmm. Now it's funny on the flip side, I don't even have to say a word to another parent with type one. We just look at one another and we get it. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, I see you. Yeah. Which is actually how I fill my, my bucket per se is I speak with other parents mm -hmm. that have children that are type one. And then we just commiserate together and it yep. feels good. It's comforting. And that yep. sort of offsets, if you will, the general population. Well, I, I was going to suggest exactly that, Michelle. And I think that that's exactly correct is that we as parents of kids with type one and our children all deserve to have company in this horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And the company really does largely, not only, but largely need to be people who gets it. And so that means other people who are living with it.
Hello, everyone. I am so excited to share some news with you about my Sweet Talk courses. So if you sign up for my courses now, you're going to get the same robust course material you always got, videos and exercises and teachings that will help you get to diabetes calm. But now the way you get it is more flexible than ever. You can work at your own pace, sign up for three or six months of support, and choose either asynchronous or face-to-face -face Zoom support. There are also different price points to accommodate different budgets. And if you sign up before the end of November, use the code SWEETTALKPODCAST to get $100 off any course package you choose. Check it out at DiabetesSweetTalk.com. Looking forward to working with you. And mm -hmm. this is why I think camp can be so powerful. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people will say, well, I don't want diabetes to be the only thing. Okay, I get that. Sure. Neither do I for you, right? But we still deserve company because it can be so isolating and so lonely. And I will say that I think company can be grandparents. Like if they're willing to take the deep dive and understand, company can be a best friend who really can like listen and understand and learn what it is that you're going through, but largely it's going to be other people in the type one community who you're Definitely. going to like turn your CGM read out to them and say, look at this day. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they just get it. Right. They get it. They get it. Yeah. So I have another question then, because what you're suggesting is so comforting and mm -hmm. really hits home. And, and definitely I will utilize those strategies how do I deal with trying to teach Alexa mm -hmm. coping skills? Mm -hmm. She just at nine at 11 and at every age, mm -hmm. she didn't know. And I have her, you know, in therapy, but I, her, her frustration turns into hating diabetes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's any mm -hmm. way that, she, that we can sort of talk to on her level to make her feel better, that would be super helpful. Mm -hmm. So I think there are a few things here. One is just the validation of, of course, she hates diabetes. And that makes sense that she hates diabetes. And why wouldn't she hate diabetes, right? So I think we as parents here, I hate diabetes as some kind of exit plan. Like this kid is going to stop taking care of themselves and they're going to not do the thing. That could happen, right? <laughs> But we really need to hear it just for what it is, which is, I hate diabetes. It's miserable to do this. And we need to say, yeah, it is miserable to do this. I'm so sorry you have this, right? Full stop. Like We don't need to have our anxiety get into the mix. Like she deserves to hate it. Why wouldn't she hate it? I hate it. Don't you hate it? Like we all hate it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's miserable. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I would brainstorm with her right? There are no magic things to say. Um, and I think that uh, it depends on the circumstance. And again, how much bandwidth she has um, for tolerating the, frankly, ignorance, and sometimes unkindness, it depends, right, that can come towards you, hopefully just ignorance and not unkindness. Um, unkindness, I think, especially at 11, is not a child to child issue. That's a parent to school, parent to parent issue, right? Like if there's a level of unkindness that's happening at school at 11, she is too young to manage that on her own. And the school has a responsibility truly to create a community that feels safe and inclusive for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I would be talking to the teacher or the principal and saying, hey, we need some education on kindness and tolerance and difference, right? It doesn't even need to be specifically about diabetes. It can just be people struggle with different things. These are the kinds of things people struggle with. Here's how we talk about people and to people and are kind to people. Like we're creating a community. But the frustration that comes with the questions, the kinds of questions that can Alexa, Alexa could face, that is really about you brainstorming with Alexa how to handle it. Okay. Um, so I have a story that is a little not relevant because it's not about diabetes, but it might make sense. I have a, another autoimmune condition called psoriasis, which is a skin condition. And it's basically when the skin grows plaque. So it's like I have these spots on my body that are very thick. And I used to have it as a child behind my ears and on my scalp. So if I wore my hair back in a ponytail, you saw this really like very unattractive and I would pick at it too, because it was irritating and a little itchy. And so Mm -hmm. it would be red. And one day I was probably in fifth grade. So close to Alexa's age all day long, people were saying, Ooh, what's that behind your ears? And every single time I said, it's psoriasis. It's a skin disorder. It's not contagious all day long. And finally I got so fed up that a kid said, Ew, what's that? And I said, oh, it's dangerous dandruff. And (laughs) I got in so much trouble. Like I got called to the principal's office because I scared the kid and the kid came home and told the mom and the mom was spooked. There's a kid at your school with dangerous dandruff and like totally terrified. But but I had reached my maximum load. Yes. That's why I'm sharing this story. Because as a kid, I had a load and and it had been exceeded, right? So I think it depends on her tolerance. And she, and part of what you need to do is be able to strategize with her what she's going to say when you've reached her maximum load. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I don't know what that is because there's no magic. When someone says, oh, what's that on your arm? And she's reached her maximum load. You know, she can just say, I have type 1 diabetes and be done. Right. Whereas other times she might say, this is technology for type one or this is whatever. Or she could even say, ask me later. Or it's my really cool. I mean, another strategy is to come up with the absolutely ridiculous thing. Like, this is my cool, super cool technology that allows me to, I don't know, spaceport someplace. I mean, you get to say whatever you want. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how helpful that is because I think it's so variable depending on the circumstance and the kids load. Yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying and it is helpful. And I think that she's done a lot of those examples. She's probably at the point now where she just ignores people. Yeah, that's fine. And that, I was going to say that might be a coping skill Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've told her and shared with her is that sometimes ignoring people will just come back. And ask the same question. She's now in middle school. This is her first year in middle school. So she was exposed to a lot of new kids, some not nice as Mm -hmm. far as, you know, teasing goes. And they have called her diabetes girl and things like that, um, which is awful. But I I do know other kids get teased about other things. It's not just her. Um, So we have worked on, you know, trying to get more acceptance and tolerance and, um, from the school, Mm -hmm. uh, we are doing a, um, event with the school on diabetes awareness day. We finalized the the details yet, but I think that that will be helpful and having her sort of own what messages go out. 
Um, I know in the curriculum for her health class this year, they do talk about type one and type two. I made sure that they talk about the differences. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to really give her all of the resources and then let her choose. You said, depending on her bandwidth, Mm -hmm. um, because her little brain is at full capacity. Yep. That makes sense. I mean, the other thing I want to name though, Michelle, is that for all of us being doing the work of being an advocate or being an activist um, is very empowering. Mm -hmm. So if she has the bandwidth to be somebody who like stands up at World Diabetes Day and says, this is what this is. This is what it means. This is my cool technology that I get to wear. Here's a glucose tablet for everyone in the class so that you all get to taste what it's like when I have a low blood sugar. She is going to feel more powerful about diabetes in general. So I think that being an activist actually helps calm a lot of the anxiety and the stress. Mm -hmm but it doesn't mean the questions are going to stop. Right. Like it sounds like she's in a big enough school community, especially in this new middle school environment that she can't kind of cover all the possibilities and all the bullies and teach everyone. Right. But she still might feel um, a little more empowered. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that. Cause sometimes I say, am I going to bring more attention for her or am I pushing her to do this? Sometimes she doesn't want to, but then she'll come back around and say, are we doing anything for diabetes day? Mm -hmm. And her elementary school was amazing. And they all wore blue in support of her. And it was fabulous. And I sort of was a little bit cautious to what I wanted to do in middle school, just given the fact that it's a much larger audience and newer faces. Um, But I think we made the right decision, certainly based on what you're saying, if anything can make her feel empowered and strong and in control. I mean, that's the other thing. Diabetes, you're so out of control with so many different factors. Agreed. All the time. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, what's the word I want? There's a lot of, uh, propaganda Yes, <laughs> that it's yes. possible to get a straight line and that you're going to have, you'd be in control with diabetes and maybe one day, I mean, right. m- my dad has type one and I remember him calling me one day and said, saying I was in range for two whole days. I'm like, well, you better go eat some ice cream because <laughs> not going to last long. Right. So I think that, um, they, you know, there is the illusion that we can really do it well all the time and it's just not real. And so I think you're right. I think having the ways to be in control in other places, like using your voice is really powerful. For sure. And, you know, I think that that's another unknown, how hard we work just to get, yeah, a somewhat decent line on that CGM. Yep, absolutely. These are the places that our work is pretty invisible and where it's really important for us to have people in our back pocket, you know, other T1D moms, our best friend who's willing to actually do the work to understand. For me, the woman who did my children's care in elementary and middle school, like we had been together on that journey for so many years that she really got it. Right. So having a few of those people is really essential and it helps us feel sturdier in it so that we can be sturdier for our children too. And I thankfully have that. Um, My sister-in-law, my mother, besides my husband, obviously, Mm -hmm. because him and I do it all together, but um, they understand it Mm -hmm. and they're willing to take care of her. Mm -hmm. 
that makes a difference because when you're really truly alone and you don't have any caretakers and we had the most fabulous school nurse who was unbelievable and went over and above. And those are the moments mm-hmm. where you can say, well, we had a bunch of, you know, for lack of a better word, idiots mm-hmm. the whole day asking questions. We had a good core group helping us and, and we're grateful. Yeah. Um, yep. It's both things, right? It and is. I wish there were easier answers, right? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. You're wonderful. I enjoy your podcast so much. Thank so you. super helpful. Thank That's you so lovely. much. Thanks for coming on the show. And always you can email and let me know how things go. I always appreciate hearing that. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type one, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.